Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Brian Allen Hatfield had a lot to look forward to in May of 2009. Although he was currently living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he was planning for a move to Atlanta, Georgia. On May 9, 2004, Brian and two friends were driving home from Lafayette, Louisiana, back to Baton Rouge. Brian was driving his car and was planning on dropping his friends off at their homes on the way to his place. He dropped off one friend and then headed to the home of his other friend. He arrived at this friend's place on the block of 3800 Geronimo Street, Baton Rouge, and from there, well, we just aren't sure. Brian Allen Hatfield would not be seen or heard from again, although his car would turn up weeks later and somebody would use his bank card. Something is very, very wrong. Where is Brian Allen Hatfield? Welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. In honor of Pride Month this month, our cases will be featuring the missing persons of the LGBTQ community. Generally speaking, these cases don't receive a whole lot of attention in the media, so there isn't much information to go on. I do want to give a shout out to the Facebook page, Missing Unknown LGBTQ Persons whose sole focus on that page is to share the information on these missing people and let their stories be heard. Before we jump into what we do know about Brian Hatfield's case, I want to give a big welcome to our new Patreon member, Dahlia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. A huge thank you for supporting our show and our mission. Our Patreon show will be up this weekend, and it will continue with part two of the Myrtle Beach Missing series. I'll link our Patreon in the notes if you'd like to join us. I am also working on updating some past episodes and watching for updates in all the cases covered. We are over 100 cases now, so if you ever come across anything related to any of the missing person stories I've covered, or if you have a case suggestion for me, a case you'd like to see covered, please email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com or send me a message on social media. This episode is sponsored by Let's Think Happy, a website that offers some excellent resources for mental health. We will hear more on them in a bit. As I mentioned, there is not a lot of information on the case of Brian Allen Hatfield. Brian is described as an African American, about 5 foot 8 inches tall, and weighing around 120 pounds when he was last seen in 2004. 
We do know that Brian can be described as a cross-dresser, and one of his files lists him as a transgender. Some people that knew him said he sometimes, but not always, liked to dress in women's clothing. He was dressed in women's clothing the day he disappeared. In 2004, Brian was 21 years old and working as a manager at an O'Neill Lane racetrack gas station. According to his mother, Ruth Hatfield, Brian was in a good place and he was planning on moving to Atlanta, Georgia very soon. On May 9th, Brian was making the drive from Lafayette, Louisiana to Baton Rouge with two of his friends. Lafayette is just about an hour drive from Baton Rouge. It isn't clear what took them to Lafayette, but being that it's only an hour away, it could have been a multitude of reasons. Brian was driving his 2000 white Chevy Cavalier and was planning on dropping his two friends off before heading home himself. His last drop-off was in the area of 3800 Geronimo Street, just north of downtown Baton Rouge. We believe that he dropped his friend off and left. Both Brian and his white Chevy Cavalier would disappear after his stop at 3800 Geronimo Street. I also want to mention it isn't known who Brian was living with at the time he vanished or who it was that even reported him missing and when they reported him missing. And if there was a search for Brian in the two weeks after he vanished, it wasn't publicized. The media didn't pick it up, at least until there would be a development on May 21st, 12 days after Brian was last seen. His Chevy Cavalier was found abandoned at a Chevron gas station. This Chevron gas station is listed as being on the scenic highway with a Baton Rouge address. What I do know is that when his car was found, the license plate had been removed. Aside from that, there was no sign of a struggle in or around the car. Nothing really looked amiss, aside from the license plate being gone, which of course is suspicious. So authorities start to investigate and search for Brian, and they put an alert on his bank card and his accounts, his social security card, everything they do in missing person cases to look for any activity. And something would happen. Somebody would use Brian's bank card. And somebody would try to write a check out of Brian's account. Authorities have not released any information on that. They haven't told us who that person was or even if they have identified the person or persons doing that. What they have told us is that between the use of his bank accounts and his license plate missing on his car, that doesn't send a good message to investigators. They don't have a good feeling about what is going on with Brian. They would also pull over someone who was driving with those license plates on another car. Law enforcement has also never released who that person or persons were, and if there is any possible connection to those people and Brian Hatfield, or if there is even any connection between who was caught driving a car with Brian's license plate and who was caught, if they were caught, using his bank account. Unfortunately, details regarding those events are scarce. Before we take a look at the area in which Brian disappeared, this part of Baton Rouge, 
and look at another similar case that happened just a month before Brian vanished, let's have a quick word from today's sponsor, Let's Think Happy. The founder of Let's Think Happy had to learn the hard way that not all therapy is equal. When her foster children weren't improving through therapy as they had hoped, she did some research on her own and learned that her foster kids were placed in the wrong kind of therapy. Once they identified the right form of therapy, there was immediate improvement. In most cases, people are just placed in whichever therapy is available at the time, as opposed to the therapy that would benefit them the most. People aren't getting the help they need, and because of this, they just get stuck in their struggle with mental health. They don't see any improvements, and they may even begin to believe that therapy just isn't for them. This gave Ashley an idea and she jumped on it. She hired a licensed therapist to create a questionnaire, a skilled web developer to create a website, and magic happened. Anyone can take the free questionnaire to find out what type of therapy they should be going to. And if you're really serious about your mental health, you're going to want to buy your full results for $7.99. Your full results include three things. First, a professional will help you find a therapist. Second, you'll find out whether your answers have indicated a mental health condition such as anxiety disorder, depression, bipolar disorder, PTSD, ADHD, or more. And last, but certainly not least, we will send you six therapeutic PDF books. Plus, if you get it today and use the code LTH20, you'll also get 20% off your full results. Don't stay stuck being depressed or anxious all the time. Go to www.letsthinkhappy and take the free questionnaire. Life is too short not to be happy. So let's think happy. You'll find the link in our show notes. So unfortunately, we don't know much about Brian himself. We know that he was 21 years old in 2004. We know that he lived in Baton Rouge and he was planning on moving to Atlanta, Georgia. We know that he is described as a crossdresser and we know that he worked as a gas station manager in May of 2004. We do know that on the day he disappeared, according to his NamUs profile, he was wearing women's clothing on that day, but we don't have a description of what that looks like. In fact, the pictures we do have of him on his missing persons files do not depict that at all. So did that have anything to do with his disappearance? Could he have been targeted because of his cross-dressing? Was this a hate crime? We really can't say that it was or it wasn't, but it certainly cannot be ruled out as a possibility. Law enforcement has also noted that they have not ruled that out as a possibility. Locals to the area have said that, especially in the early 2000s, that Louisiana wasn't especially accepting to anyone in the LGBTQ community. And the area that Brian was last seen in is also known to locals as being a crime-ridden part of the city. Now, 2004 was 18 years ago, so I had to look pretty deep to find some Baton Rouge stats from that year. A lot can change in 18 years. Baton Rouge has a population of just over 200,000, and in 2004, 
a crime rate that was just a smidge below the crime rate of New Orleans. It is one of the higher ranked cities in Louisiana if you're comparing violent crime rates. CityData.com says the crime rate in Baton Rouge is two times the national average. And statistics also show that hate crimes that are solely focused on transgenders have increased more than triple in the last two decades. Worse still, those numbers are only the tip of the iceberg because not all crimes against the LGBTQ community are reported as hate crimes by official sources. Either authorities have failed to document those cases as hate crimes, or maybe they just couldn't be determined if they were indeed a hate crime. And then, of course, there's probably a ton of crimes that happen that aren't even ever reported. We don't know for sure that Brian was a target because of his lifestyle. But those statistics are sadly real life for many people in the LGBTQ community. So that area in particular where Brian was last known to be, the 3800 block of Geronimo Street, sits just north of downtown Baton Rouge and considered a high crime area. In fact, that particular block would make the news several times over the next several years. Officers reported they found a body in February of 2013, and rumors quickly began to circulate that perhaps this was Brian. But officers quickly announced it was actually another individual who had been shot there, likely that same day. In 2015, the 3800 block of Geronimo Street made the news again when a woman was shot and killed. I believe this case remains unsolved to this day also. In 2021, officers were called again to the 3800 block of Geronimo Street for a shooting. This time, the victim was transported to a local hospital and survived. I think it's fair to say that might not be the part of town you want to move to if you are looking at moving to Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge sits about 80 miles north of New Orleans and on the banks of the Mississippi River. You can head south and be at the Gulf of Mexico. You can head north into Mississippi or even west into Texas. And of course, Baton Rouge, very populated. But there are many wildlife preserves and parks surrounding that area. There's so many places someone could have went willingly or that someone could have even been taken against their will. As I alluded to earlier, there was another missing person case in the same area of Baton Rouge just one month before Brian went missing. Jeremiah Jamal Parker vanished from Baton Rouge on April 11, 2004. He disappeared in a community park area which is about seven miles from the infamous 3800 block of Geronimo Street. Jeremiah was also a young black male with similar build to that of Brian, although his orientation is unknown. He was supposedly at the park with his cousin. When he told his cousin to stay in the car, he'd be right back. He apparently had lost a cell phone case, and he wanted to walk back and see if he could find it. So he jumped out of the car with his cousin waiting for him, and he walked behind some trees near a pond area of the park, and he was never seen again. Authorities searched the area and did end up finding his cell phone in one of his shoes, but nothing else was ever found. 
Jeremiah was 20 when he vanished and a college student working at a local Wendy's restaurant. Melvin Parker, Jeremiah's father, said that he still, to this day, drives around the area and looks for his son. The two boys' cases are often mentioned together, but detectives don't believe that they are connected. They have confirmed that it is certainly odd to have two missing young men around the same age go missing less than a month apart within a pretty small radius of Baton Rouge. And the thing is, we don't know if Brian ever left the 3800 block of Geronimo Street. And if he did, what direction was he going? Where was he going? What route would he have taken? Could something have happened to him there on Geronimo Street? Or had he left and gone somewhere else when something would happen to him? Brian's mother, Ruth, has said, quote, For me, it's just a living nightmare not knowing if he's dead or alive. The telephone rings, and I think it's him. End quote. What do you think? Do you think it's just an odd coincidence that these two boys went missing less than a month apart? I think with the very minimal information we have, it's hard to make an educated guess on that. It's hard to know what to think. As I mentioned, focusing on these cases is hard to do with the very limited information out there. And in honor of Pride Month, I want to quickly highlight a couple of other cases I covered which involved the LGBTQ community. The case of Christopher Brian Mitchell, a 32-year-old gay man living in Jackson, Mississippi. His case is available on our audio podcast and available on YouTube also. We also covered the case of Craig Lyles, a gay man living in Michigan who disappeared under very bizarre circumstances. Craig's case is also available on our audio podcast and our YouTube channel as well. Please go check out their stories if you haven't heard them yet. If you have any other case suggestions for me, please send me an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com. And thank you all so much for listening today to the story of Brian Hatfield. Brian is described as an African-American male, five foot eight inches tall, and weighing around 120 pounds when he was last seen. He was 21 years old in 2004, and he was last seen near the 3800 block of Geronimo Street in Baton Rouge. We know that he was wearing women's clothing that day, but we don't have any specifics or a description on that. In fact, all of the photos of him don't depict that at all. Brian has two tattoos, a scorpion tattooed on his right shoulder and the word Taz tattooed on his lower left leg. He was seen driving his 2000 white Chevy Cavalier, which has since been recovered. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Brian Hatfield, please contact the Baton Rouge Police Department at 225-389-3844. Likewise, please contact the department if you have any information on Jeremiah Parker, who disappeared a month before Brian. Jeremiah is an African-American male, 5 foot 6 inches tall, and weighing around 120 pounds when he was last seen in April of 2004. Please share their cases and their names. Someone out there has to know something. Again, I want to thank Let's Think Happy for sponsoring this episode. A link to their website will be in the show notes. 
Mental health is important. Mental health is crucial. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the story of Brian Hatfield. I know it's super frustrating, especially for me, with such little information to go on. But this story, his story, still deserves to be heard. We will be back again next week with another Unsolved Missing Persons episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones. 